Enfield Yates, the Tom Brady and the New England Patriots are working on a contract extension. The two-year extension keeps Brady under contract through the 2021 season and will pay him $23 million this year. The Patriots, in turn, get an additional $5.5 million of salary cap space this year. In baseball, according to Yankees manager Aaron Boone, Gleyber Torres left Yankee Stadium late in the Bronx Bombers' 7-4 win over the Red Sox and was taken to New York Presbyterian Hospital, where he underwent tests related to a core issue. Boone declined to say how the injury occurred or provide any further details related to it. He wanted to wait until the results of the testing came back. And finally, in soccer, Philadelphia Union captain Alejandro Bedoya used his goal celebration in Sunday's Major League Soccer game at D.C. United to call on Congress to act on gun violence following a pair of mass shootings in the United States this weekend. I'm Chris Pavona, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. With that, we welcome you inside Studio 34. This is the BFFs. He is Frank Stample. I am Greg Sussman. Happy to be back with you. What's happening, Frank? What's going on, Greggy? Happy Monday. Very eventful weekend here in New York City. Obviously, we had the Flex Leagues drafts going on. I was part of the Super Flex draft, and EY was part of the Snake draft. All the while, Greg... You were out celebrating another bachelor party. How it's, you doing, it's bud? It's never ending, man. I do, I'm doing well. I lost my sunglasses. Good story. We're on a boat, and I went down like there's a He's slide. He's on a boat. There was on a slide on the boat, and I had gone down the slide previously, and I had my sunglasses on, all good, but this time, because we're on the boat, like what would you do if you're standing there, you have all these drinks, right? You got to go to Stone Cold Beer Bash, right? All right. So I did it. Porter, I got, it was going awesome, right? I was like, oh, if you're all here for, for Evan's bachelor party, give me a hell yeah. Everyone goes, hell yeah. Give the double bird, right? Pour the beers down. I'm like, oh, man, this is great. Crash into the water. And there you go, the sunglasses. You just, you forgot you had them? Well, yeah. you're going in the water, right? Like, it doesn't bother me. Of course me. the glasses are going to fall off, no? The first time they did it. And like, oh. I, was, I was like, oh, it wasn't a big deal. But I guess I got like more air under me this time. And they came right off. And speaking of snow and cold, it's a Monday, but special Monday. Because Eli Eric Young's in the house. What's up, man? I'm doing good, man. It's good. It's different to be here on a Monday. Normally traveling, but I uh, got a couple weeks off, uh, a little recuperation. So uh, yeah, it's all good. Good to be here on a Monday, especially after the flex draft weekend. Yeah. Jake Seeley, Sirius uh, Satellite Radio, they absolutely kill it. Um, this is one of the drafts I look forward to the most. Mostly, it's just because it's two days, two days of hanging out with a bunch of cool guys, and uh, I got to meet Brandon Funston for the first time and hang out with my uh, my buddy Nando Defino. Um, I mean, you guys know all these guys. Everyone's awesome, very welcoming to me, the outsider, the the amateur, I guess you could say. So yeah, super fun. 
I don't think you're. I don't think you're an amateur anymore. But uh, that's cool. That's cool. Neither do I. Neither do I. Neither did I the first year yeah. when, I won, when I won. When I won the whole league. That's right. You uh, you filled in uh, here in studio on Friday. That was awesome to see you guys. And Mike Bash was here as well. How'd it go? It was a great time. It was uh, the Bash bro going up against EY. I pit them up against each other because you know I never really thought about this, Greg. But Mike Bash, that's a perfect wrestling name. Have you? Has that ever come to your attention before? It did not. No. I mean, it really does. It sounds like a wrestling name. So. Uh, I put a bunch of polarizing players on the board here, and I had uh, Mike Bash or EY make the case for and against certain players, and then I would decide who made a better case. And EY narrowly pulled off the victory. All right. Four to three. I was, I was getting pretty nervous, actually. <laughs> Bash brother knows his stuff. Nice. That's and awesome. Thursday, we had Nick Ercolano in studio. We had Virginia right. Zakis on Skype as well. That was a uh, great show. Yeah, Nick did a great job as well. Uh, Big Dog's got to eat. Shout out to Nick as well. Hopefully we can get him uh, either in studio or on Skype again a couple times before the season starts. I know uh, he had a great time. So really good shows, Greg. That's awesome. And it's only going to get better. So next week, EY, uh, Frank's not here all week next week. That's not true. I'm here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Is it the week after you're here all week? Yes. All right, so the week after, EY. So Uh, Thursday, Friday, next week, and then the entire week after, I'll be gone going to visit the motherland. Poland. Yes, you're going to, going to Poland your first time. My first time, yes. Very exciting. First time out of the country since I was like three. I know, went to Jamaica when have, I was Do you kid. have a passport? I do. Okay, so I want to make sure you, you are... Yeah, I should probably find that again. You're going to make sure... Somewhere in my house. Hopefully it hasn't expired. Is no, I, I just got it done like oh, all right. this past year. <laughs> just making sure, man. I want you to be prepared. Oh, it, was, it was a terrible experience, too. Yeah. I had to wait online in the post office for like five hours. It was no, not all. Yeah, it's not enjoyable. And it was the... Actually, I got it done this year. It was like the first really nice day of spring. It was like in March, it was like 70 degrees outside. I'm sitting inside of a post office for five hours, Greg, waiting to get my picture taken. He's talking to Eli who like travels every day, <laughs> so you're getting no remorse from him, dude. Zero. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah, so Frank will be gone. Uh, Eli, you and I will hold it down, and we'll have some other uh, people pop in. Is that cool? Ready for it. All right, beautiful. All right, so on today's show, you guys had flex drafts over the weekend. I could not participate because I was in Chicago. Did very well last year. I think I was in the finals, so or in semifinals. I got screwed. Whatever. I, I did well last year. We were in the same league last year. We both made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we did very, very well. I couldn't participate this year. But as I've been saying a lot on the show, Frank in the super flex, f- flex, <laughs> in the super flex capital, Frank had 11th pick. I have 11th pick in my home super flex. So I was really excited to pop in there. And then EY participated in the half point PPR uh, flex draft over the weekend. I don't know if it's half point PPR. EY, I know it was a snake draft. Is it non PPR? Was it standard? What was the scoring format in your draft? Yeah, it's half point PPR, okay. which uh, they're saying is standard. They did away with the standard standard scoring league. So that's the that's the, the the snake draft is just the half point PPR this year. All right, cool. So they have the half point half point PPR that will get into both these drafts, kind of compare what the differences are, how you think things went, like where you would have changed picks you liked, picks you didn't like, um, players that are climbing draft boards, players that are falling draft boards. Because this is the really first opportunity in the middle of draft season where you have true experts draft. Like I know you had. Um, a couple weeks back, you had the NFFC, right? Not the NFFC. You had the the other one. It was the FSGA. Yeah, the FSGA. It was the FSGA. We had right. all the Scott Fishbowl drafts. That, that's going what on I meant. Well. So the Scott Fishbowl is totally different. You had the FSGA uh, a month or two back, but now you have twelve experts in a league, and this could really, really help you. And that's what I like about the flex drafts. 
because it's everyone taking it very, very seriously. No one's really trying to just make a statement to just get people to talk about them. They care about this. Maybe. No? We'll talk about it. All right, cool. So we'll talk about that. Evidently, we'll give the people what they want. Um, we're going to break these drafts down uh, today. We'll see where it goes tomorrow. I know we wanted to go continue um, kind of going round by round at least or look, start looking at comparing players a bit the year this week. So we're going to do all of that in a little bit. When we come back, we dive into the first round in the flex draft. Who did EY take? Who did Frankie take? We'll let you know when we return. It's BFFs here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Flex, super flex. Let's rock. The flex league drafts here on the Fantasy Sports Network. Frankie, you had the eleventh pick over the first round. We'll start with your draft here. Uh, some guys that you really like: uh, Elliot Christ in this draft, Ronis in your draft, M- Modica, Pisapia, the King, Scott Angle, and Spitting Speeds himself. Uh, along with obviously Jake Tim Heaney. This is a good crew. How was uh, how was Tim Heaney? Was he in a good mood? Tim Heaney was in a good mood. We all went out for drinks afterwards as well. Uh, Greg, can you guess where we ended up? Foley's. No. A Nando DeFino favorite. Ah, <laughs> uh, Barcade, obviously. Yes, we went yeah, to Barcade. Of course sense. we went to Barcade. Yeah. And I ate cheeseburger sliders, and my stomach were all, was all messed up. My stomach, my stomach was not the same at all in Chicago. It was bad. <laughs> it was gross. I gained weight. Ugh, I felt bad about myself this morning. For those wondering, Greg did, you know, remedy that by eating a salad today. Great salad didn't get today, any balsamic too. vinegar on his shirt, though, so it, very it, proud It was of a strong salad today, too. I don't know that I've ever heard a salad described as strong. It was good. It was delicious. All right. All right. Fair enough. A uh, good ratio of, of meat to cheese to vegetables, you know? All right. Well, that's all you can ask for. Any croutons in there? No. No, no croutons. No croutons. That's unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a Frank salad. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I'm done with a salad, it's not healthy anymore. All right. So we're going to the flex draft. And here's the first thing I want to note. It is a flex draft, super flex draft, meaning you can put a quarterback into your flex spot. is a two-quarterback league for all intents and purposes. All intents and purposes. Yes, sir. There was no quarterback taken in the first round of the draft. The first quarterback went to Joe Pisapia. Uh, the first two out of the first three quarterbacks went to Joe Pisapia uh, in the second and the third round, grabbing Patrick Mahomes and grabbing Andrew Luck. I thought that was really interesting that the first round basically went how any normal draft could go. They decided to wait on a quarterback in the first round. Did that surprise you, Frank? Uh, no, it doesn't really surprise me because even in the Superflex leagues, right, the expert drafts, quarterbacks typically go later than usual. So if your home league is a Superflex draft, I would imagine you probably see at least Patrick Mahomes go in that first round. Maybe you see Patrick Mahomes and Watson go in that first round. But typically, even in these Superflex formats where you can start two quarterbacks, in the expert leagues, Greg, people still wait on quarterbacks. So would, you re- would you recommend doing that? And forget an expert league. If you're in your standard home league, super, it's super flex. I know that. I know it's keeper. But like if it's a normal super flex league, would you take a quarterback in the first round? Because it's your home league. It's not an expert league. Uh, I would not. Okay. Because I didn't here. I, ha- I have the opportunity to as sure, well. Sure, but it's expert league is a little bit different. I don't know. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Like okay. I wouldn't really change how I draft between a home league or, or an expert league. I, I, I'm going to draft the same regardless, which 
I wanted to take a balanced approach. So in the first in the first round, the first four picks were Standard, Barkley, uh, McCaffrey, Kamara went in that order this time. Ezekiel Elliott went four. At five, David Johnson, six, Le'Veon Bell. None of this really is a surprise. We talked about our sample first round last week. Those six guys were in our sample first round. He gets a seven. First wide receiver off the board goes to Adam Ronas. He drafted Devontae Adams. Again, standard. Nothing surprising here. Then you get to pick eight, and that's where Matt Modica brought up on the board James Conner. That was probably the first surprise. Uh, instead of going with a wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Julio Jones, something like that, uh, they went a little bit later on. Uh, Modica took who was obviously the next running highest running back on his board. It's also the next highest running back on your my board, Frank. That was James Conner. Uh, did it surprise you what Modica did? A little bit, uh, because you know it wouldn't. I thought that James Conner was going to be there for me at eleven, and that's honestly who I was targeting. And we'll get to who I drafted it in just a little bit. He pulled him up the board slightly. Like I would have taken DeAndre Hopkins over him. You know, maybe Julio Jones is in that mix as well. If you want your running back, you want your guy. I have no problem. It's not like he pulled someone egregious up the board, like a like a Dalvin Cook into the first round or something like that. So. No, I don't really have a problem with Connor going eight here. So I agree with that. And then you get the Hopkins and Michael Thomas, and you're at 11. And it's clear that you kind of had a very similar plan um, to what you know what you talk about all the time. You want a running back, and you want a wide receiver. Now, there were uh, clear for you that Mixon was your next highest guy. It was Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley. We'll talk about EY's uh, affinity for some of these guys in a moment. But your next highest running back was Joe Mixon. And with the wide receiver uh, depth still on the board, including Julio Jones, including Juju, including Tyree Kill, including Odell Beckham, like that quartet still on the board, it was kind of obvious for you to take the running back here. Yeah, Greg. And exactly what I tell people on the show here is what I do in drafts. And I always say that. And when we did our first round breakdown, I had Joe Mixon as my 11th ranked player because I said, I know that I can get a really good wide receiver in round two, which ultimately is how this wound up playing out. So... I didn't mind taking, you know, Joe Mixon ahead of some of these other names. Like, yeah, I would love to have Julio or Juju Smith-Schuster who went at 12. So Mike Randall, also a really nice guy. I was sitting right next to him throughout the draft of Action Network and Roto-Viz. And I was talking to him and he said, if I didn't take Joe Mixon, he would have anyway. So I was ultimately happy that I did that. And I knew that I was going to get a really good wide receiver in round two. So ultimately, that's why I did it. So that kind of makes sense. Let me go over EY and his first round. Eric, you had the fourth overall pick. You got Ezekiel Elliott at four as the top four. Uh, was the same four that we just spoke about, but it's interesting. Christian McCaffrey went first in this draft over Saquon Barkley. Did Steve Gallo say anything about that? Uh, I mean, to me, all four of those guys are interchangeable. It just depends on, on, on what you like. Uh, Steve Gallo had maybe the craziest draft I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, history making, perhaps. And I'm glad I was there to experience such a thing. He's a <laughs> bit of a madman. And uh, these pro leagues, it's nuts. I mean, it can get really nuts. And, and as, a, as a fantasy player that's in a pile of leagues, like it's a good thing to, to look at. Don't go off these drafts. Like, don't don't be like, oh, well, so and so, a guy that I like, you know, uh, a, a fantasy analyst I respect, took, you know, this guy fourth overall, so I have to take him fourth overall. Look, pick the players that you believe in. It'll be much more gratifying. My advice to you is to get an app or or uh, make your own spreadsheet, make your own r- rankings, and follow those. That's for me the best part of the year is this time of year where I'm making my own rankings. Uh, I'm looking to actually compare them to quote unquote experts and pros this year. Um, so yeah, it's uh for me Ezekiel Elliott. I have him still my number one running back, and getting him four, I couldn't have been happier. 
All right, so you were thrilled to get Zeke at four. We'll talk about using your own rankings here uh, in just a little while. I thought it was interesting. Given that it's half-point PPR, half PPR, let me go through it kind of like I just did with Franks. Top six, same top six. Six running backs go uh, with Le'Veon Bell and David Johnson. And number seven, Eric, Michael Beller as the first wide receiver off the board took Odell Beckham Jr. Did you talk to Beller about that decision? Yeah, I felt that was a, a bit of a strange pick, but look at like this is, you know, especially in these pro drafts, these they're going to be talked about all year. You know, all the guys in this, this is for ultimate bragging rights, pros versus pros. Um, you know, it's 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 their, their jobs to, to rank these players and pick these players and have good teams. And this kind of a league is one that's going to be scrutinized and is going to be in the public eye. I'm not taking Odell Beckham there, but he has, obviously has him ranked higher than me. I believe the Cleveland offense is going to whip the ball all over the place. I believe Baker Mayfield, who was great last year, will be even better this year. Uh, Odell Beckham will be the number one, will demand targets, um, and is one of, if not the best, pass catcher in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that pick. I, I, I would have never picked him there. But For- Frank, you were Look, telling me from talking to some of these experts uh, over the weekend and, and at Barcade and whatnot that... Odell Beckham is someone that's rising up draft board, so you weren't surprised, necessarily surprised to see this either. No, so this draft actually took place on Saturday afternoon, and I was hanging out with these guys Friday night after my draft, so I was talking with uh, the fantasy executive Corey Parson and Michael Beller about their love for Odell Beckham. They both have them. They both have OBJ as their number one wide receiver off the board this year, and I kept asking Corey, but I mean, what about the risk and... No, everything that comes involved with Odell Beckham, the fact that he's a diva, he's missed time with injury, and he's like, he kept saying Terrell Owens in Philly. Remember that first season, Terrell Owens in Philly. He's like, I don't know what's going to happen after the first year in Cleveland, but he's saying the first year in Cleveland, OBJ is going to be out to make a statement. He's going to have a monster year. He said 15-plus touchdowns. They, they were in agreement. They were in lockstep over Odell Beckham being the wide receiver one. They just think he's going to have a monster year, clearly the best quarterback he's ever played with in Baker Mayfield, finally going to be able to get him the ball, be a target monster. He'll get the ball down the field as well. So these were part of the reasons, and I'm starting to see that reflected in the ADP. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if OBJ is going to end up being one of these, like, savvy, shrewd, like, high-stakes players picks in the middle of the first round, because if you want him, you have to take him there. You're not going to get him in the middle of the second round. Like, he might go as late as, like, pick 15, 16 in that early second-round range, but if you have pick seven, you have to take him there. Because you're not getting him in the second round. So they put their money where their mouth is. They say that he's their wide receiver one. And ultimately, that's how it played out. So that was some of their rationale, their logic, when ranking Odell Beckham that way and taking him this early. They're really, really excited about it. Beckham went as that first wide receiver, followed by Hopkins, followed by Adams, followed by Jones. And unlike your draft, Frank, this draft, all those top wide receivers, for the most part, they went all in a row. And that's how the first draft ended. Six running backs followed by six wide receivers. I thought that was a really, really interesting way. Let's get into the second round in both these drafts, because I thought, uh, specifically, Eric did something that was kind of surprising to the average fan. He'll explain why he made the decision he did when we return. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. So, true story. Hootie and the Blowfish playing this weekend at Madison Square Garden. You'll be there, Greg. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Let's see. Are they the part of your top three? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> NFL preseason is here, and season-long fantasy football drafts are in full swing. The Roto Experts have you covered with the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package. It includes the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts provide dynasty season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge regardless of what type of fantasy football that you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. The NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package is available right now only at rotoexperts.com. You're staring at me, is right? No, I'm, I'm ready to go. All right, let me get back to Eric's draft First here. Now, EY participated in the flex draft over the weekend. And I'm looking at the second round. None of it's all that surprising to me until I get to Jamie Eisenberg, who had the fourth pick uh, of the second round. Pulled up Mike Evans when he already had Devontae Adams. That kind of surprised me. I probably would have brought up running back a Todd Gurley, let's say. Dalvin Cook probably would have been my pick there, one of those guys. Uh, Travis Kelsey goes, then Gurley, then Antonio Brown. Then Dalvin Cook in the middle. And we get to pick nine of the second round. And that is where EY drafted. And it was the 11th. Uh, running back off the board he could have went with, or he could have went with a wide receiver like a Keenan Allen or a T.Y. Hilton. Instead, E.Y., you drafted Aaron Jones ahead of, ahead of somebody I know you're extremely high on in Nick Chubb. Melvin Gordon also still on the board. How come you decided to go running back, running back, and when you did decide that, why Aaron Jones over your guy Nick Chubb? Yeah, looking back on it now, the truth is, is I had Aaron Jones at the time ranked higher th- than Nick Chubb because I believe Aaron Jones is going to catch more passes, and I believe that the uh, the Green Bay Packers is going to are going to be a more potent offense than even the Cleveland Browns. Um, look at the grind continues every day. Uh, you know, I'm reading stuff. I'm I'm looking things up. I'm, I'm I'm comparing things, reading articles, and now I've got Nick Chubb above him. So if we would have done the wow. same draft and things would have went the same way, I would have taken Chubb today. But I didn't. I took Aaron Jones. That's, I'm still really happy with this team. I'm really happy getting Aaron Jones in the second round. Um, and I, and I, I have him ranked quite a bit above Keenan Allen and especially T.Y. Hilton. Now, what changed for you in the two days since you did this draft that you now have Chubb ahead of Aaron Jones? Uh, some of the stuff about Aaron Jones, the the injury, um, just just thinking it through and, and thinking, like, I think Jamal Williams will play. I think Nick Chubb will be the guy there. Um, and, and I just believe in Nick Chubb more. And he he's proven that when given the opportunity, he can do it. Aaron Jones has, hasn't had really a full workload to know or, or to see what that will be. So I, I think he's going to get the, the chance. He's going to get the full workload opportunity this year, which, I mean, I only have him a couple under Nick Chubb, but Nick Chubb is now above Aaron Jones for me. 
All right, so Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, very, very close for EY, but significantly ahead of Keenan Allen uh, and T.Y. Hillen. We'll get to the third round in a second. I want to go back to Frank uh, here. What did you think of EY's Aaron Jones selection? Well, I can't bash it all that much because I ended up with Aaron Jones on my team as well. But it was a much different spot. Yes, it was a much different spot. I got him at 311, but again... I mean, you want to get your guys. I don't have any problem with that. I mean, personally, I would have taken uh, Nick Chubb as well. Nick Chubb, a lot of the time we see go early to mid-second round. Uh, I have him ranked ahead of Aaron Jones as well. I have him one tier higher as well. So I would have taken Nick Chubb, but if you want to get your guys, Greg, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. And, you know, you can argue that the Packers' offense is going to be better. I mean, there is probably more injury concern when it comes to Aaron Jones. He's already dealing with a hamstring injury right now. It's very early in training camp. You know, most of these guys, only two teams have played in a game so far. That was a Hall of Fame game. That was the the, uh, Falcons and the Broncos. So, I mean, there's a lot of time for Aaron Jones to be ready for the start of the season, but he's probably better off used in a 14 to 18 touch roll anyway, Greg. Like, He's one of these guys that's so efficient on his touches, kind of like an Alvin Kamara, that I don't really want him to get 20-plus touches because he's probably just going to end up hurting himself if he gets that many touches. Nick Chubb, the first half of the season without Kareem Hunt around, is probably going to get right around 20 touches per game, maybe even more than that. So, me personally, I would lean Chubb over Jones, but you want your guy, that's fine. Let's get back to your draft, Frank. I mentioned Tyreek Hill was your second-round pick. You selected him over Odell Beckham Jr., and it's crazy, not crazy, but funny, because after your draft that night, you said you went out to the bar, you talked to all these guys, and they all have Odell Beckham soaring up draft boards. EY changed his rankings in two days. Now he'd have Nick Chubb over uh, Aaron Jones. If you redid this draft today, would you have taken Odell Beckham over Tyreek Hill? I would not. All along, I've had my rankings this way. I mean, once the news came out regarding Tyreek Hill that he wasn't going to be suspended this year, or at least for the time being, uh, but I have had him ranked ahead of Odell Beckham, and as of today, I still have it ranked that way. As of Friday, I had it ranked that way, so I knew I wanted to get a wide receiver. As I mentioned before, when I take Joe Mixon at 11, I know that I'm going to get a really good wide receiver come around. At 12, Juju and Julio went off the board. Obviously, I would have loved to get either one of those guys, uh, but... I still have Tyreek Hill ranked ahead of Odell Beckham. I just think that there's a little bit more injury risk involved with Odell Beckham. The fact that he's moving over to a new team. I mean, we've now seen this for two years in a row with Tyreek Hill. We know what type of player he is, what type of talent he is, especially playing with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, You know, I mentioned this uh, last week as well. I said they go together like lamb and tuna fish. This is a perfect combination of players between Tyreek Hill's skill set and Patrick Mahomes' skill set. He finished as the wide receiver one overall in half-point PPR leagues last year. Assuming health and and assuming he does not get suspended, I think he's probably going to be right in that mix again. I think he's a top-five wide receiver. Going, looking at the second and third round now, now, not really much of a huge surprise. There's nothing egregious really standing out to me. Uh, and we get to the third round for you at the end of the third round where you able you were able to grab Aaron Jones' RB17 off the board. Um, you started here uh, running back, wide receiver, running back. Your next pick, uh, which I thought was a little bit interesting, uh, was Julian Edelman. Not because I don't like Julian Edelman, but because given that you're at the end of the draft, you normally got to, I guess, contemplate when that quarterback run is coming. And it seems like you have missed it. Uh, I may have missed it. You're right about that. And in hindsight, and I'll talk about this later on because of ultimately who I ended up with as my QB2, I would have changed this pick uh, in terms of Julian Edelman. Aaron Jones, I was taking a running back here regardless. Uh, right before 
the Aaron Jones pick. I saw Marlon Mack go off the board. Derrick Henry went off the board. Uh, Leonard Fournette as well. So you're probably thrilled to get Aaron Jones. Uh, yeah, I spot. loved it. You know I'm a big Aaron Jones fan uh, as well. Was anyone well. playing music in the draft, by the way, to, for, for their pick? No. no one it, was, it was talked about on uh, Saturday. Really? Everyone was like, where's the guy that was playing walk-up music? It's like, oh, he's at a modular party. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it was crazy. I was like, oh, that was the best thing from last year. <laughs> right, I forgot right, about somebody that. remembered it. All right. you, were, you were playing the music. Yeah. Uh, based oh, on everyone, the- re- everyone remembered it. Most people were annoyed, and I was just pleasantly surprised to say that we're friends. <laughs> it seems like every draft that we go to... I piss somebody off. Yeah, we end up uh, making more enemies than friends, Craig. You know, because we all think we're being... We're very loud. We're yeah. boisterous at yeah. the uh, at the... The GDD fantasy baseball auction that we do every year, and then at the yeah. Flex League last year, you're playing music, you're playing. Everyone was so intense. Like EY's loving, he's laughing, <laughs> and then I had people like nudging me, like, "Please, can, can we stop this right now?" I'm like, it's a, it's a fantasy uh, my, room, my room on Friday was very like down to earth. They were very loose. There was no music being played. Right. Uh, they were they were recording uh, a show that they were going to air later on on Sirius XM. So that so very we, serious. Yeah, that coming through the speakers, no, but like. The commentary was fine. Like they were making jokes. They were like clowning on some of the picks. And sure, they, but I couldn't like. Play they were all music. making fun of Scott because he did Scott? that thing where he called out players that were drafted like two rounds earlier. Love it. He kept doing, it. and of course, you know, Scott. He didn't have a laptop with him, so he's taking off his glasses. He's trying Going to read his, his phone and stuff. And he doesn't. He, so doesn't, he was having a tough time. We were all making fun of he him. He doesn't believe you should be drafted with a laptop. He he believes it's, it's paper and pen only. Well, I mean, he was looking at his rankings on his phone, so I saw him the entire time. And... What is this, 1945? Uh, yes, yes, it is. I don't know. I was just happy because I knew he wasn't going to be able to, you know, Just cheat off me, look at my shoulder. He would not. That's that's, so that was nice, but that's true. Um, Yeah, I got I got Aaron Jones and Julian Edelman on my three four turn, and I asked Mike Randall as well. He said if I didn't take Aaron Jones, he would have taken taken him. So I thought Aaron Jones is a no brainer at three. He's uh, very highly ranked for Eric, right by Nick Chubb, and you get him here. This was as I look at some of the players that were left. Aaron Jones is a no brainer for me at this spot. As I say that, I'm looking at where I have Devontae Freeman. Uh, I have Devontae Freeman one spot higher, but you'd never take him. All right. Um, so Aaron Jones, Devontae Freeman. If Mel- Jones and Jacobs were gone, I would have taken Freeman, yes. Correct. Which is interesting. Melvin Gordon, for those wondering, still had not gone off the board yet. RB20 uh, in the fourth round. So I thought that was really telling where Melvin Gordon went as people are still fearful. But you come back around, and the top wide receivers on the board are Julian Edelman, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin. Uh, you went with Julian Edelman here, and you said... You texted me over the weekend, and you said it now. This is the one pick you you now regret. How come? Reason being because I got Robert Woods as my fifth round pick at the end of the fifth round. So, in hindsight, if I would have known that I could have got Robert Woods as my wide receiver two, he ended up being my wide receiver three. I'm perfectly fine with him as a wide receiver two. So, my thinking at the time was, all right, I like Tyler Lockett. I like Mike Williams and these guys. I don't like them enough to have them as my wide receiver too. So that's why ultimately I ended up going with Julian Edelman. He was the end of a tier for me. And I was debating him. I was debating Aaron Rodgers. Again, this is a super flex league, so you start two quarterbacks. George Kittle and Zach Ertz were both still available in the fourth round. Again, in these expert industry leagues, you see quarterbacks and tight ends typically go later than their average draft position. So I was looking at Edelman, Rodgers, and Kittle. To me, they were both... The end of a tier, they were both elite players, at, at all elite players at their respective positions. And because of how my quarterback position ended up playing out, in hindsight, I would have taken Aaron Rodgers. So there were four quarterbacks off the board when Frank made his and selection. And Aaron Rodgers ended up being QB8 off the board. Which which is sense it's all. kind of egregious. Yeah, it's bizarre Nuts. to me. Uh, I don't, was there any reason? Was, what was the room no, saying about I, that? I, 
I, I Jake was, look, was probably pumped. I was looking over at Jake because he ended up getting him at 4'11 as a yeah. QB8 off the board. And we're talking to each other. I'm like, did he tear his ACL today? Is there something we miss? Like, why is Kyler Murray going ahead of Aaron Rodgers? I like Kyler Murray, but that makes no sense. We all like Kyler Murray. Like, Baker He's Mayfield. He's a top 10 quarterback with one leg. It's crazy. Baker Mayfield yeah. went at the at the three four turn the pick right after me to Mike Randall. And I asked him about it and he said, I just think Baker Mayfield's gonna have a monster year, and, and that's my guy. So you're at the turn. You gotta take yeah, your yeah. guy, that's fine. But Matt Ryan came Baker's in Kyler Murray. In the NFL. Do, We've do seen you, it. Are we ahead of Rodgers? Do you think that Scott's missed Aaron Rodgers crossing it out? I didn't ask him to be honest. <laughs> we'll be back after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. All right, so we're back here, and just finishing up Frank's third and four. We'll get to EY in just one second. Frankie, what, I guess you have to be able to predict, and I'm not criticizing you. It's hard, but before your pick in the fourth round, four quarterbacks were off the board. After your pick, eight more went off the board, leaving you none of the top 12 quarterbacks. Tough, tough break there. Well, I have Jared Goff ranked as a top 12 quarterback, so I didn't really mind getting him. So after I take Aaron Jones and Julian Edelman in my round three and four selections, uh, it comes back to me in round five, and much to my surprise, Robert Woods is available. You know that we are a very strong supporter of Robert Woods here on the show, myself and uh, Greg Sussman. So I get Bob Woods at the end of the fifth, and my thinking was, well, the person at pick 12 already has a quarterback in Baker Mayfield, and... You know, even if they take Jared Goff, I could still get one of you know Ben Roethlisberger, who I have as a top 12 quarterback, so I wouldn't have minded that. So I take Robert Woods first with the idea, if I get Jared Goff, that's awesome, because then I'll have the hookup, I have Jared Goff and Robert Woods together, uh, and ultimately that's what happened, because at pick 12, Allen Robinson and Dak Prescott win at the 5-6 turn. So Dak goes at the as the QB 13 off the board, I get Jared Goff as my first quarterback, the QB 14 off the board, and again, I mean, you can... Kind of say the same thing as before, Greg. Like, you can't predict when these runs are going to happen, but you know when you're on the end that there's a chance that it can happen at least, that you can miss out on all these quarterbacks going. So I either could have taken Rodgers over Julian Edelman or instead of taking Robert Woods, because at that point I already have two running backs and two wide receivers, I could have just doubled down on, on quarterback and went something like Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger as my top two, and that would have been awesome. But ultimately, I really love the value of Robert Woods there. Uh, so I take... Robert Woods and Jared Goff at the 5-6 turn, and was hoping, again, that cutoff for me is 22 quarterbacks, that one of those Rivers, Tom Brady, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Allen would make it to me at, in the seventh round. It did not happen. No. That's pretty much, at that point, it's just disaster. 
Uh, let's get back to Eric's draft. Where Eric, let's get to your third round. That's where we left off with you. And there's a whole running back run here. Uh, after Keenan Allen, you saw Nick Chubb, Damian Williams, Melvin Gordon all go. George Kittle goes off the board. Adam Thielen off the board. And right now at this pick, you have your two running backs. You do not have a wide receiver one left uh, or one wide receiver one on your team yet. The highest on my board is T.Y. Hilton, who I know you're not extremely high on. Uh, what made you decide to go in a different direction? Um, yeah, so for me, I mean, the fact that I can start three big-time running backs, I believe there's much more depth at wide receiver in the middle rounds. Um, I can fill it up with a guy that's going to be a number one, and we, you guys just talked about him, Robert Woods. I like him as my number one wide receiver. Like, would I like to have Julio Jones? Would I like to have, you know, Mike Evans or Michael Thomas or Odell Beckham? Yeah, but, you know, I... I value these running backs higher. And the, this is actually a really funny, true story is I'm humming and hawing about who I'm going to take. I think it's going to be, uh, carry on Johnson. I'm also, because I'm me looking at Derrick Henry and everyone thinks I'm going to take Derrick Henry. And I say, carry on Johnson and Bryn Fuston, which was like two picks after me screams. He wanted carry on Johnson bad. And the funny thing about this is I read an article that morning at breakfast from uh, Michael Salfino from the athletic about how big of a year he believed carry on Johnson's going to have. And he broke it down. The article was amazing. Uh, the athletic is amazing. Um, and I moved carry on Johnson up. I pulled my iPad out, moved him up that day. So earlier in the day, if I would have drafted carry on Johnson, probably wouldn't have been my pick there. But at that point, I've got three number one running backs. That, that's a, a possibility of having 60 points every week. Like That's such a massive advantage of that position, which is one of the hardest positions to have an advantage at, in my opinion. Absolutely. So you get Zeke Elliott, who's one of the top four in that top tier. You get two of this tier that we really, really like, Frank, and all three of us, really, in on Johnson and Aaron Jones, and you waited on that wide receiver. Now, taking a look at what transpired after you, you had a huge running back run, which you kind of predicted in a good way. Losing Marlon Mack, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Devontae Freeman, Josh Jacobs, they all go within a few picks from each other. But then these wide receiver tier goes off the board. Stephon Diggs, Amari Cooper. Kenny Galladay, Brandon Cooks, Julian Edelman. First quarterback was Patrick Mahomes in the middle of the fourth round. I think that's a really good value on Mahomes, so I have no issue with that. Mark Ingram, um, David Montgomery goes. Chris Godwin goes. And then, you know, you're here at four. And it's really interesting because I really like Chris Carson a lot. I was actually very surprised in your draft, Frank, that Chris Carson went after Rashad Penny. I thought that was a a weird quirk there. But it's clear that you need a wide receiver, EY. And you drafted the same wide receiver that Frank drafted a whole round later. That was Robert Woods. Were you happy to get Woods there? Were Were you upset that some of these other guys went? What was the thinking behind the Robert Woods pick? I was really hoping that um, Keenan Allen or Amari Cooper would, would fall to me. I was hoping, like you said, if I take Johnson, then people are going to be like, oh, geez, these running backs are going to go quick. Right. And and I was right. You know, yep. A whole bunch of other running backs went right there. And the reality is, is I have on Johnson above all of those guys, even Derrick Henry. Same. Um, so, so and to be honest, if Derrick Henry would have fallen to me, I would have taken four running backs in a row and 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 figured it out. Um, but so for me, I, I was really hoping Mark Murray Cooper was going to fall back to me. But I have I have Robert Woods pretty high. He was my my top ranked wide receiver um, at that position. So that's who I went with. Obviously, Frank, you you like Robert Woods because you selected him, and we always like Robert Woods. Yeah, I would have made the same exact pick as Ey there. That would be my top wide receiver left on the board. I think he's. A very, very fine wide receiver, too. 
you know, do I want him as my wide receiver one? Probably not, but as EY mentioned, he's going to have an advantage over other people because he has three potential top 12 running backs. Going to your next round here, Eric, in the fifth round, you follow the, the Robert Woods selection by taking Hunter Henry, uh, your top tight end here as the fourth tight end, sixth tight end, excuse me, sixth tight end off the board. Did you consider going with a wide receiver in that spot over Henry? I did, I did, but for me, uh, I have Henry ranked um, in my top five tight ends, and I think uh, I'm, I have him number four overall. I think people are forgetting because he didn't play at all last year for how good he was two years ago. Um, Philip Rivers has proven in the past that he loves throwing to the tight end, especially in the red zone, and I think Hunter Henry's going to have a massive year. So for me, uh, I mean, I, I could have the number one running back um, two number two running backs and a number one tight end. So, I mean, for me, it's just the, the, the wide receiver depth was still deep enough where I felt okay taking Henry there. Now looking back as I'm really glad I did because I want, I want one of those top five guys and, uh, OJ Howard is my fifth, my fifth, uh, tight end. And after that, I think like, I mean, maybe Evan Ingram, but after that, I mean, it's a crapshoot. How do you have those three ranked OJ Howard, Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry, Frank? I have it O.J. Howard, Hunter Henry, and Evan Engram. I have O.J. Howard the highest of the group just because I'm really, really excited about the Bucks' offense overall and Bruce Arians. The Chargers' offense is going to be really good as well. So that's why I would uh, give those two the edge over Evan Engram just because I do have some skepticism over Eli Manning and you know if Daniel Jones is starting at some point this year for the New York Giants. So I thought it was a really good job by EY there. You have to adjust to the draft. And if you want one of those top six tight ends, the way that this board was playing out, Evan Engram went with the last pick of the fourth round. O.J. Howard went one pick before EY there. And then Hunter Henry was the last tight end of those top six. And as I've talked about, as you've talked about, I really want to get one of those top six tight ends. And if you wanted to do it, you had to pull the trigger there. And it's a really, really good feeling to get the last player in a tier two because you know that there's no way that they were making it back to you. And there was probably other people in that round that wanted Hunter Henry as well. Yeah, for me, I have it ranked Henry... First, then OJ, sorry, then Evan Ingram, then OJ Howard. I'm not nearly as high on OJ Howard as you are. What's the skepticism on Howard? There's just a lot of other weapons in Tampa Bay. I mean, really, there's just two. So, there's two big ones. Yeah, but, yeah, but the concentration thing of for targets me is, is Bruce, just, Bruce Arians. Yeah, he's never used the biggest a, thing. He's never used he's a tight never, end. Ever. He's never, never had a tight end like this. Okay. I mean, sure. you, could, you, you could say that for sure. But I mean, for me, until I, I see. They're going to to use them like everyone thinks. Like I get, he's a beast. I mean, he is maybe the most physically impressive tight end. Maybe tight. Maybe most physically impressive player in the league. Maybe one of the best athletes in the league. But he's never been the guy. Never. Jameis Winston preferred to throw to Cameron Brait over him when they were on the field together. When they were really, really pounding on the tight end. For me, Bruce Arians, he said a little bit about him in the offseason, saying like, oh, he's so impressive, and I've never had a tight end like this. Look, I'm still taking him. I'm still taking him in the top six, but I'm not taking him above Hunter Henry. And I was so glad when the guy took O.J. Howard so I could take Henry. Here's what I'll say about O.J. Howard. I believe there was a season where Bruce Arians was the O.C. of the Pittsburgh Steelers where Heath Miller did have like a top 10 fantasy tight end season. So it's not like he's never done it before, but I hear what you're saying. When he was in Arizona, as the play caller, as the head coach of the Cardinals, he never really utilized the tight end. He never really had one there as well. But I'll say this about O.J. Howard. Last year, even with Cameron Brait signing the extension, which was a very 
curious extension for the Tampa Bay Bucks at the time because they had just used a first-round pick on O.J. Howard, and we were kind of expecting him to break out. And then they re-signed Cameron Bright. Even with Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys on the field last year, O.J. Howard's 16-game pace was 55, 900 yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. Now there is 180 targets up for grabs. Obviously, we all like Chris Godwin. We all like Mike Evans. I really think that the, uh, the targets in this offense, while those two are probably going to see more than O.J. Howard consistently, it's just concentrated on three guys, Greg. It is concentrated yeah. on three guys, and that's, and that's fine. But as Eric pointed out, Bruce Arians has never utilized a tight end. You can always counteract that. He's never had a tight end like O.J. Howard, and... That's you you have to nitpick on these players, so I get it. Like yeah. you're gonna have reasons why absolutely like, love, you like Hunter uh, Henry yeah. more than him, I, I, correct? Vice versa, I, absolutely. And I, We've I think, seen Philip Rivers use the tight end before. I get forever, it. but there's also two other really good receivers on Los Angeles. Yeah, but Keenan Allen is not Mike really a, a huge Allen. red zone guy. Mike Williams is no yeah. doubt about it. I, I just think Hunter Henry walks back in. I totally agree with Eric that he's gonna walk right back in and be this monstrous presence um, inside the red zone. And then when it comes to Evan Ingram. That's just about a lack of weapons for the Giants. Like, who is he going to throw it to? Like, Sterling Shepard, he's peppered with targets, obviously training camp. You have Ingram ahead of... I do. Okay. I do. Yeah, I know Eric doesn't. I'm on an island there. That's okay. uh, The in-and-out splits versus, you know, when Odell Beckham was on the field versus when Uh, he wasn't. I mean, it's it's a huge difference for Evan Ingram. So, I get it. And I also think Pat Shermer's offense... Like, he woke up to Pat Shermer's offense a little bit the second half of the year. Pat Shermer's a former tight ends coach. Like, he's had successful tight ends pretty much wherever he's been. I expect a really big year from Evan Ingram. I like him, too. He's super talented. I said this a lot. Like, basically, since he's come into the league, he's just a mismatch. He, he's... He's a nightmare for opposing defenses because he's too fast for opposing linebackers. He's too strong for opposing safeties. I really like Evan Ingram. I just worry about you know, how many games is Daniel Jones going to play? Is he going to get in there? When is he going to get in there? Eli Manning, one year older. The opportunity is there for Evan Ingram. Like It wouldn't surprise me one bit if he finishes the highest of this group of tight ends, but I also think that he has the lowest floor just because of the offense overall that he plays in. Uh, that seems reasonable, but I think OJ... I don't know. I still stand by O.J. Howard having the lowest floor. I love O.J. Howard. I know you do. That's, <laughs> that's obviously just me. All right. Um, we're taking a break in about a minute. When we come back, we're going to have three questions in three minutes. It's going to be about your drafts, picks that you like the most, didn't like the most, spoiler alert. Um, but Frank, before we hit the break, you said that I was talking about how no one really tried to get talked about this week. That they really were, were going at it. And you go, eh, who or what pick stood out as the one that wanted to get talked about? Yeah, so for for me, it would be it would it would probably be you know that Kyler Murray pick okay. going in the middle of the eighth round as the QB seven off the board. And I talked to Elliot after this. He said, you know, we're so you're supposed to have fun in fantasy football. I want to have a fun team. He says I want Kyler Murray. He's gonna be you know it's gonna be one of the most fun offenses in the league. So he ended up Stupid. with David Johnson and Kyler Murray. So he. He's all putting his money in. where his mouth is. He's all in on the Arizona Cardinals offense. Uh, you got Kelsey in the middle of the second round as well. Uh, so he acknowledged the risk that came with uh, taking Kyler Murray there. But I thought that was interesting. And then I thought uh, Joe Pizapia, not that it's a bad value. He took Patrick Mahomes in the second and then doubled down with Andrew Luck in the third. But for me, it's one of those where right, you already had an elite quarterback. Did you really have to double down on the quarterback position? You let some really good running backs pass you up, some really good wide receivers. So... I think he was trying to make a bit of a statement there, but that's just me. It's not a bad value on Andrew Luck, though. All right, we're taking a break. 100 points a week right there, though, with those two guys. Taking a break. We'll be back next. 
From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Three questions, three minutes, right up the fantasy section of our program. Frankie. Frankie. EY, for your flex draft, what was your favorite pick of yours? EY, I'll start you. Yeah, as I said right now, I'm going to say probably carry on Johnson in the third round. Um, I, I believe Detroit is, is not going to be a great team, but I think they're going to run the ball a lot and going to be behind. And he's the pass catcher. It's certainly not going to be C. Jameson. Theoretic's not there. So, Kieran Johnson in the third round, he could be a top five running back this year. For me, just to answer the question about your draft, my favorite picks were actually that 7-8 round. You got Aaron Rodgers in the seventh round as, as the third quarterback off the board. I thought it was awesome value. And then in the eighth, following up with MVS uh, as your wide receiver three, I think it's awesome, awesome uh, pick there, awesome value as well. So I love that 7-8 uh, slots for you, EY. Uh, Frank, your favorite pick of yours in the draft. Uh, before I get into mine, I'm in lockstep with you here, Greg. I, I agree with you. Those were my favorite picks that EY made in his draft, getting uh, Rodgers in the seventh and getting MVS in the eighth. For me, my team, it would be uh, getting Robert Woods at the end of the fifth round. Just really like that uh, that value. Wide receiver, 22 off the board. I have him as a high-end wide receiver, too. I have him ranked as my wide receiver 17 so far this season. Uh, subject to change as well. But I really liked getting him at the end of the fifth round. And in hindsight... If I knew I could have gotten Robert Woods there, I would have taken Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round. Yeah, my favorite pick for you, Frankie, uh, as I take a look at your team, probably the Robert Woods one that stands out. Uh, he was obviously in the fifth round. I, li- I really like the Emmanuel Sanders pick, too. Round 13. Excellent pick. Wide receiver 58 off the board. You know, I just kept taking a lot of, like, the boring older players. I understand, you know, I might not have the most upside on my team, but I got Lamar Miller as RB38 off the board, Greg. No more Deonta Foreman. So, obviously, this was before that came out. I'm getting Emmanuel Sanders in the 13th round. I really liked it. I also really liked in the 14th round, grabbing Peyton Barber. Could be a starting running back in the 14th round. Yeah, he's RB55 off the board. Again, it's, you know, everyone wants to get the uh, the sexy pick, the high upside pick. You know, Deonta Foreman went before Lamar Miller in this draft. That's crazy. EY, quickly, one more question for you. What's one pick you want to have back? We already know Frank's. What's yours? I think I would switch uh, Aaron Jones for Nick Chubb. Okay. I, I, I like them both, but if, if I could go back right now, that's what I would do. All right, fair enough. EY, we appreciate the time. We'll do it again tomorrow, buddy. All right, guys. All right, sweet. We come back. We'll change over from fantasy to some action. See, action hour of the BFFs. And that's up next. Couldn't catch the live show? Yes. Make sure to download our podcast at the FNTSY Sports Network Audio Boom channel. Oh, super. 